Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hello, everybody, and welcome into today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. We are, of course, live for our top 10 patrons and accidentally for everyone, but that's okay because we love everyone equally. But what happened was we hit the go live button on YouTube without making the stream private first. So um, if you're in our Discord server like you already should be, you would have gotten the notification that we are actually live right now, but you're not in our Discord server, so you didn't know about that. But for those that are, thank you so much. We do actually want to get more people in our Discord server, so um, we're trying to get to the 500-person mark, and what that'll allow us to do is it'll allow us access to community insights, some analytics, and things like that that help us out a lot and help us track our growth, which is what we're trying to do, and... In addition to that, it will also allow us to do a little bit more promoting in other places that have some size restrictions. So that's what, you know, that's why we're pushing the Discord server so hard right now. Oh, yeah. uh, in the meantime, we are going to be taking a couple of questions from our audience here at the end if we get any. So just post questions throughout the entirety of the podcast and we'll kind of try to answer them at the end. And in the meantime, we do want to thank all of our patrons, not just our top 10s, but everyone, or not just our top 16s, the $10 patrons, but thank everyone. So thank you so much to Austin Johnson, Kane Martin, Marshawn Jones, Master of Isa, Mocha, Mr. Herbie, Scuzz Daddy, Witchcraft Remain 2022, AD, Aaron Gardner, Anthony Leela, Damian Zink, Dank Nugs, Dino DNA, Mountain Man, Myth Oceanus, O, Navarado Pig, Rudolph, Sneaky Links, Jeremy Drysdale, MBT's Hard Leg, Ray Powell, Sunny Sweet, and Zyphorus. Thank you all so much for your continued support of the podcast. And 
I've had questions asked about how we decide the order that we read them. Uh, we can sort by the tier that it is. And so I go by tier. So I start the highest tier and I read from the highest tier down and then I read in alphabetical order. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to feel like I'm singling them out, reading them off later or earlier. That's really just the way it is. So, yep. It's in no particular order. No, it's in a particular order. Yeah. It's in an alphabetical order. Yeah. Tears, then alphabetical. So, yeah. All right. And in the meantime, let's go ahead and get on into the podcast. So, we have a little bit to talk about here. Mainly, what we have is uh, we're going to do some competitive discussion today. And in addition to that competitive discussion, we're also going to talk about the we have the full set spoiler for hidden arsenal chapter one and we have the midterm paradox mini box and 2022 tin of the pharaoh's gods um product description right the product descriptions exactly so let's go ahead let's just first let's go ahead and knock out the midterm paradox mini box and the tin of pharaoh's gods product descriptions fair enough we can get through that pretty quick right um i'll do the paradox <laughs> mini box because it's para and docs and you can do the tin is that cool with you okie dokie all right so the legend is complete just get past these two rhyming riddlers first hitting the shelves on september 2nd 2022 the gx the speed Duel gx midterm paradox mini box msrp 15.99 per mini box expands on the Speed Duel GX Duel Academy box, introducing even more cards from the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX anime series that are new to Speed Duel. Speed Duel GX Midterm Paradox is a 100-card static set that contains four complete Speed Duel sets decks ready to play out of the box. Each Speed Duel GX Midterm Paradox mini box contains 100 common cards, 12 skill cards, four of 12 secret rares, two two-player Jaden Yuki and Cyrus Truesdale Deluxe Game Mat. In the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX animated series, Dr. Crowler hired the Paradox Brothers to teach Jaden Yuki and Cyrus Truesdale a lesson. Now you can step into the shoes of the Slifer Red students or their opponents in the midterm Paradox mini box that I've said five times now. The box expands on the Speed Duel GX Duel Academy box, introducing even more cards from the Yu-Gi-Oh! GX anime series that are now new to Speed Duel. The box is a 100-card static set. Okay, well, I already read that. Here's what some of what you can expect. Pre-built decks for Jaden Yuki, Cyrus Truesdale, Bastion, Misawa, and the Paradox Brothers. Brand new skill cards for iconic Yu-Gi-Oh! GX characters. Explore new strategies with additional cards and upgrade the Speed Duel decks you already own. Discover secret rare variants of popular GX era cards. Play with it on its own or as a perfect complement to the Duel Academy box. And then they go over what set contents but not Which, specific cards and stuff like that. yeah like it's all the exact same 100 commons blah 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 from before yeah it, it literally repeats the same thing like over and over so um oh and then it says to use a card in a in speed duel it must have the speed duel symbol on the card cards right. that the symbol are not legal but speed duel cards can be used in yugo tcg skill cards may only be used in speed duel because that's just a mechanic for only speed duel right uh name and con uh, let's see. Oh, it also states name and content subject to change. Asterisk. <clears throat> of course. Yeah. So, next up. Arriving September 16th, 2022, the 2022 10 of 
the Pharaoh's Gods, MSRP, $21.99 per tin, allows you to wield the power of the Pharaoh's Gods with a beautiful new tin that depicts the top section of the Tablet of Lost Memories, immortalizing Slifer the Sky Dragon, Obelisk the Tormentor, and the Winged Dragon of Ra. If you already have the 2020 and 2021 tins, picking up this tin will allow you to complete your very own tablet. Each 2022 tin of the Pharaoh's Gods contains, in total, three prismatic secrets, six ultras, six supers, three rares, and 36 commons. The third and final piece of an ancient legend is finally here. The 2022 Ten of the Pharaoh's Gods puts the last piece of the mysterious pharaonic tablet discovered in Egypt in your hands. Not mine, yours. You can wield the power of the Pharaoh's Gods with a beautiful new tin that depicts the top section of Tablet Lost Memories, Moralizing Sly for Obelisk and Raw, just like the uh, 2020 10 of Lost Memories and 2021 10 of Ancient Battles, the 2022 10s have embossed, debossed sides with rimless lids that fit flush with the tin body, allowing the 10s to be stacked one on top of the others to build the entire tablet. And then complete the tablet. And then what each set contains. Um, the 2022 10 Mega Set is primarily made up of popular cards released in 2021, including cards from Blazing Vortex, Lightning Overdrive, Dawn of Majesty, Burst of Destiny, and more. Contents and subject to change. Okay, so let's break each of these products down one at a time. So first we have the Midterm Paradox Mini Box. So this box is a Speed Duel product, and it will have decks in it from the um, Jaden Yugi. I, th I think it said exactly who was in it. Yeah, Jaden Yugi, Cyrus yeah. Truesdale, Bastion Misawa, and the Paradox Brothers. So I would imagine the Jaden Yuki deck will be another variant of uh, Elemental Heroes, probably a little bit different of an Elemental Hero deck from what was in the previous box. Yeah, I I'm think I'm thinking it'll probably focus more on um, the Neos fusions and stuff. Yeah, because I think at that point he had Neos. I, I have no idea. I didn't. I, I didn't watch the anime. Oh, I haven't watched anime in um, over a decade. Yeah, same. And then. Cyrus Truesdale will be probably a different set of roid monsters. Yeah, and then Bastion Masawa. That dude had six different decks. Yeah, I'm expecting one of the decks to be a, uh, it, it would be a water Hydro Gedon, yeah. Water Dragon, Bonding H2O, Chemistry deck. So, And then he also had like an Earth deck. Yes. Because so. I think he had one deck for each attribute. And dude lugged them all around. Like he would just undo his shirt and, there, and like underneath it would be his undershirt. And then like a bandolier with his text in him. I'm like, yeah, yeah. My favorite was when somebody like broke into his dorm and threw all his cards in the ocean. He's like, what? You thought that was all of my cards? Absolutely not. Yeah. And rips his shirt open. He's got just decks going down his chest. Yeah. And he's got like 15 of them. That guy was a giga Chad. So one deck. That's stupid. Yeah. Um, and the other one is the Paradox Brothers, which is a really interesting choice because that feels like more of a dual monster's choice, right? Well, the thing is that the Paradox Brothers actively dueled uh, Jane and Cyrus because Dr. Well, Crowler didn't like them. Yeah, but, I mean, come on. Were they still super bald? Yes. They, so they basically look the exact same, even though it took place years later. Yes. Were they still wearing orange and green? Yes. <laughs> From what I remember from the show, yes, it was the same para and docs from uh from the island. 
Yeah, I mean, that's of course it was so. But what I'm really looking forward to to see if we get out of this is Gate Guardian support, which would be cool. I am very publicly a Gate Guardian stan. For those in the live stream can see the Gate Guardian artwork on the stream. So I'm particularly a Gate Guardian like nut. I love Gate Guardian. He's my favorite monster. So I'm a pretty big fan of that. But otherwise, it might just be like labyrinth tank and stuff so we'll yeah, have to launcher see. spider and stuff like that yeah, yeah. um Ball okay and this is the the perks of having a live stream uh the paradox battle was where the ufo fighter uh ufo roid fighter was first used oh so we might get stuff like that you know integrated in okay yeah yeah that'd be really cool i, I like ufo fighter he was yeah cool terrible card but he's so cool looking yeah it's 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 just a hero monster like top half coming out of a ufo it's great yeah as far as picking up speed dueling i think i think i think that chat's right like i think this is, would be a great great time to really try it out for the first time uh-huh the especially with the gx box the and the um this midterm paradox box coming so soon i think that you can really be ready to see a um how do i what's the phrase i'm looking for resurgence like, yeah not just a resurgence but this is going to lower the barrier to entry that that's a good way to put it yeah yeah because there's so many new cards coming out that are going to be meta relevant but at the same time the vast majority of them are guaranteed in the box. Yeah, uh, like the like, like based on the description that we got for the mini for the paradox mini box, it the whole thing is static. You know exactly like once you get the full set list, that's what's going to be in the box, except for the secret rares. Yeah, except for the four of twelve secrets. Right, but everything which is, else is you buy the box, that's what you're getting. Right, which is exactly half of what the uh, the dual academy box that's coming later in a month or two. Yeah, that's going to be eight decks instead of four and it's gonna be um you're gonna you get eight secret rares instead of four. eight secret rares out of 24 instead of four out of 12 yeah right okay yeah so the mini box is literally half of everything yeah but it'll be but maybe it'll be a little a, bit different selection yeah separate separate set of halves right so i think that's enough about the speed dual box um let's talk a little bit about the tin yeah so each tin, of course, you know, besides being you get the tin itself, which is really cool. Um, each tin contains three packs that contain a prismatic secret, two ultras, two supers, one rare, and twelve commons. So it's the exact same ratios we've had the last two years out of the tins. Yeah, it's the exact same. However, the fact that it's pulling is, is that it's pulling from Blazing Vortex, Lightning Overdrive, Dawn of Masty, and Burst of Destiny. You got some good reprints in there. <laughs> you have a couple of good reprints. Uh, let's see, a kit or ultra, like kit ultra or secret reprint would be really nice. Okay, all right, all right. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Let's just talk about the fact that the first card you said was a super rare. Yes. Getting a rarity bump. That's like the second most exciting card out of all of this. A super rare. Mm-hmm. These sets sucked. Yeah, they did. Uh, like, I think like the only other good card I can think of on top of my head is Pot of Prosperity. Right. Also, Blazing Vortex. Same yeah. set. Well, S Small World reprint would be nice. That one I'll give you. Small World would be cool. because So, with there being Burst of Destiny in here, I think that they're going to have to put 
the Sword Soul core in. Yes, I you know I just realized. Yeah, definitely a Sword Soul reprint core core reprint. Maybe like at lower rarity. What I would like to see is a high rarity, all secret and ultra rare printing of the entire Fluanderese core. That would be cool. Yeah, because they're all either super or common right now. Except literally M-Pen. Right, and that one would probably get an ultra rare printing. Or yeah. maybe even Prismatic Secret, because I think the secrets are only like 10 bucks right now. Yeah, yeah. Fluanderese, from what I remember, isn't an expensive deck to begin with. The only expensive part about Fluanderese is, is Ryza. Yeah, who isn't even a Fluanderese monster. Yeah, so... Um, I, again, chat makes an excellent point. Underworld Goddess was also Blazing Vortex. Oh, she was. And that's about a, I think it's about a $30 card right now, but between 20 to 30. Yeah, 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 that's, yeah, you know, yeah, no, I completely forgot about her. She's such a good card and I really want one. But they're so expensive. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I think it's interesting because I feel like you kind of need that card for one of the decks I'm building, which is ABC. That way I can have ABC Therian when the Therians yeah. come out in Dim Dimension of Chaos. I think. Yeah. Um, I think that would be a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Good old ABC soup deck. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's what I like is that they're calling it alphabet soup. Because ABC DPE. Yep. ABC DPE. I love it. DBET. Because they're ends. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah. ABC DPET. It's, <laughs> it's machine soup. Machine soup. <laughs> Boy, you better get your uh, system downs now. That deck is really good, actually. That that deck is like tier two in OCG land. That's why I said better get your system downs now. Yeah, get them ulti system downs while they're cheap. Pay a th pay a thousand. Your all machines go bye bye. All your opponents' machines at I that. Think from field and grave, huh? Yeah, it banishes them all from field and grave. Good card. <clears throat> um, but only your opponents. So even if you're playing the ABC soup deck, you can you can uh, side it and side it in against other ABC soups. Another card that would be really nice to see reprinted is Diviner of the Heralds. Yes, Diviner. Yeah, Diviner and Mubeta came in Dawn of Majesty. Yes. So, and yes. I think those were the only two, like, really good cards, because I think otherwise it was a lot of, like, Stardust support and stuff like that. Yeah, Rose Dragon. Some of the Rose Dragon rarity upgrades would be cool for the pile deck, but oh, I think... definitely. I think by <laughs> September or realistically October, if the set gets delayed... I think you're I'd looking almost, at. I'd almost say no. Uh, I'd almost say you're probably looking at closer to November. Oh, B Trooper, yes. Yeah, B we Trooper. didn't even think about B Trooper. Yeah, yeah. B, yeah, getting B Trooper reprinted would be cool. Yeah, some rarity upgrades there would be nice, or I'd guess a downgrade for Scout Buggy, but yeah, for exactly Scout Buggy. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and DPE. Yeah, an ultra. Yeah, I guarantee you it's going to be an ultra in this set. Or, I mean, they could do Prismatic Secret here, yeah. too. But the reason why is because I'm thinking they're going to take the Zeus route with DPE. Mm -hmm. To where it was a secret, now they're going to make it an Ultra. And then later give it an ulti out of an OTS set. Bingo! That would be very nice. I would not complain about a DPE ulti. I'm not going to lie to especially you. Especially if they just reprinted Especially if they ended up reprinting it as an Ultra in this 10. Yeah. I, I would not complain about a DPE Ultimate Rare. Because then, then you have a low cost, a mid cost, and a high cost version of the card. Yeah. And the reason I wouldn't complain about it is because um, I already own my secret. So I don't mind if it gets a rarity pumped. I mean, I also own a secret now because of you. Um... So, I know I'm the best. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> so I kind of don't care about it getting a rarity bump or drop. I kind of want the rarity drop so more people can actually get access to it. Yeah. Another, you know, another uh, burst of destiny card, Lord of the Heavenly Prison. Yep. Yeah. I, ju I just looked down and saw. Yep. That yep. also be a really cool reprint. Man, that set is so loaded. 
it's got like random one it's got like a random set of like one or two really good cards plus all the sword soul stuff i remember when they said it for blazing vortex i think they called them free agents yeah I think I've been calling them free agents ever since, where it's just like random one and two cards that don't go toward any particular archetype. But are just really good in general. Yeah, very good. Like Diviner of the Heralds. Yeah, and Small World. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that they're, I don't know. I know we just listed a lot of really great cards that came out in the last year, but you have to remember, that's all of them. We listed them all. For the most part. Um, like, it took us five minutes to cover everything good. Yeah. Like, well, I mean, because Blazing Vortex only had three good cards, two of which were very, uh, were Tri-Brigade specific. What? Isn't that where Bear Brum came from, too? No, Bear Brum was the next set. Never mind. Two good cards. Kit and Pot... Uh, Underworld Goddess was Blazing Vortex. Okay, so Kit, uh... Underworld Pot, Pot Goddess. Yeah. And Underworld Goddess. Yeah. And then Lightning Overdrive had... Ruddy Rose Dragon is pretty decent. And that's where we got Bear Brum. Yeah, that's yeah, and then Bear Brum. But Kid and Bear Brum were supers. They're not like Ex I mean, they're not high value cards to begin with, exactly. Or they shouldn't be. Yeah. Uh, Donna Majesty gave us Small World, Sword Soul. No, Small World was uh, Burst, Burst of, of Destiny. Destiny. I get the two. I get the two switched around all the time. Yeah, yeah. So Donna Majesty gave us yeah. um, the uh, Diviner of Heralds. Yeah. Uh, Drytron Mubeta Fafnir. And that's it. Yeah. It was and just then, a bunch of... Um, and the Rose Dragon stuff. Yeah. And then... Uh, Actually, the Rose Dragon stuff was Lightning Overdrive. It was yes. the Stardust Dress stuff. Yes. And then Burst of Destiny is what gave us the Small World and... Right. I can't remember what else. You, I can't even remember what else. Was in that Small set. World, DPE, Lord of the Heavenly yes, Prison, Sword Soul Archetype, and Fluandere's Archetype. Yes. If if we're remembering correctly, it sounds correct to me. Oh, no. It's, I'm, I'm like pretty sure it's correct. I own yeah. most of those cards, so... Yeah. I mean, I also have the boxes, but... Yeah, 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 yeah. I still get the names... Flip-flopped. Yeah, and I keep hitting my mic, and I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, it's okay. It's okay. I'll forgive you this time. All right. Um, uh, Kit is still a $5 super for no good reason. I mean, it's still a good card. It's, it's just... been printed once. That's the only reason why. You know what I'm interested to see, though, is the last 10, they released... Um, they did like Shadal stuff in the tin. Yeah, so we might be getting some uh, some of the structure deck exclusive cards. That would be interesting because I mean we could get reprints of Charmers, I guess. Mm. Uh, we could get reprints of the Cyber Dark stuff. Maybe another Imperm reprint. Mm, I doubt the Reperm imprint because they only reprinted the stuff from the Shadal structure deck. That was. That's not true. Whatever you're about to say, it's not true. Oh, no, because I remember it was only the exclusive stuff to the Shell Starch deck. It was the App Cologne. Uh, Construct was there. It was the Altart, which was only you could only get out of the structure deck. But it was still Construct. That's fair. But I mean, big, at the point, the point is, it's still yeah a reprint. Yeah, uh, and then they also gave a Schism, but that was because that was in one of the sets they were already reprinted. That, that was in Rise of the Duelist. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, let's take just a moment. Now that we've gone on way longer about this than I thought we were going to. Yeah. <laughs> Let's take just a moment to talk about our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. ETB Games is, of course, our sponsor. They are 
a wonderful place to go in and fulfill all of your card game needs. They run tournaments and have all of your supplies and products for Magic the Gathering, Pokemon, Yu-Gi-Oh, Digimon, and pretty much any other trading card game that you have a knack for. They have your sleeves, binders, deck boxes, play mats, and pretty much anything else. And they also have all of your tabletop simulator things, as well as... Um, tabletop simulator things like like your tabletop Figure, mats yeah, figurines figures, the uh, paint for the figurines yeah. books whatever you need oh yeah um okay a little bit wait Winda doesn't have an alt art okay no Wendy no no it's chat chat oh I don't think Winda uh, has an alt art she does okay so they didn't reprint that in the tens yeah so yeah. Well, yeah, they also have the alternate window and the structure deck. structure deck as well. Okay, so the structure deck had the alt art window and construct. Correct. But we did not get those in the. We got the alt art construct, but not window in the tens. Correct. Okay. For some reason, I don't know why. Yeah, me either. All right, so let's talk for a minute about the um, the remote dual YCS that's currently happening, and with that, we also have. A little bit of a discussion that we want to have about what decks we think are currently the some rogue decks to look out for and you might even be interested in building these decks uh, these are decks that are in our opinion really good decks to either be prepared for going into a tournament it's good to understand at the very least, have a slight understanding of what these decks are going to do or what they're capable of doing. And if you aren't going to... How do I say this? At the very least, have a have a core understanding of what they're going to do. If you don't want to build the deck, that's fine. Mm -hmm. But understand that these are decks that can come out of nowhere and just win the game. Like, basically out of nowhere. Um, they're very surprisingly competent. And you need to understand that they're present. So, with that, let's go ahead and start with something that is getting a lot of traction lately, which is DDD. Now, DDD, which stands for, I think... Different Dimension... No, it's not Different Dimension. It's Dark Dimension Demons, maybe? Maybe? I don't... It's something, something Demons, but yeah. here in the TCG, they're just called DDD. Yeah. So I'm also used to DD meaning different dimension. Yeah, but that's D period D period, not yeah, D, D slash D. D. Well, because there's also D slash D. I don't know. Look, listen. The point is, DDD is the name of the archetype. So DDD is a set of. It's technically a pendulum deck, but the interesting thing is that the deck uses pendulum fusion synchro exceeds. And Link Monsters. It uses all of them. And a giant hammer with a rocket in it. Ah! Okay. Alright. That was a Super Smash Brothers. Well, I guess it's a Kirby reference. Yeah. But that one took me a second. DDD. <laughs> King DDD. Different Dimension Damon. Okay. There we go. So. Thank you. The interesting thing about DDD is the complexity of the deck. Most people don't know what the deck does, including us, but we're still going to try to cover it. Um, but the deck is basically most famous for being really complicated. If you look at 
what the deck does now versus what it used to do. And I think that there's a little bit of a misconception because it used to be Crystal Wing Turbo. It used to be, but it's not anymore actually. Now the deck ends on a little bit more oppressive of an end board. And I think that it's a little bit underestimated because with the new support that they just got in Battle of Chaos, the deck has a basically guaranteed Zeus line because Ooh. of the new Xyz monster that they got. And it also has um, a little bit of new synergy with their link to, I think it's Gilgamesh is the name of it. And the synergies that that allows, allows you to end on a little bit more oppressive of an end board. So now instead of just um, Crystal Wing, you can end on something more with their actual in archetype monsters. So that might represent a Zeus or it might represent their in archetype Synchro, which is a spell trap negate, plus maybe a Crystal Wing on top of that, plus maybe another one that's a, a monster negate on top of the spell trap negate. So it ends on three to four. Yeah, it ends on three to four interruptions usually as well as a trap card that I don't remember what the trap card does, but I know that they have their own archetypal trap card. Um, and they're also capable of, like chat saying, ending on Kali Yuga. Um, they can use a rank up magic force card to rank up into Kali Yuga on your turn and blanket lock you out of everything. Jesus. Yeah. So I think the, I think that the Kali Yuga line's a bit underused now versus what it used to be, but um the end boards that it can go for are so varied that they can do that they can do the crystal wing still they can do these things but realistically it's more just about the deck being able to reliably get to an end board through any interruptions that you put up because the the combo lines in the deck are so convoluted and so particular that once you get through once you get through those lines you can make your board anyway yeah uh so chat just informed us the trap card negates then steals the monster and changes his name right so yeah there you go that's ridiculous yeah so being having the pendulum lines and the synchro lines and the fusion lines and the link lines and the xyz lines all together it's a very tight combo deck but yeah. it's really cool very five head yeah if your head is big enough you can literally like top a ycs with this deck as evidenced by pack currently in the last round topping a ycs with this deck oh my god because he was just on a feature around he did they just did a feature match with pack and he was playing ddd and he's at like table six right now so mm -mm. yeah seems like a cool deck yeah, it's very cool and it's really good. I would say that the best card in the deck, though, as far as monsters that you really need to look out for, is the the DDD High King Gilgamesh. Um, that seems to be, in my from what I've seen, one of the real choke points of their combo. So a lot of people might be tempted to just Ash immediately when they first get their first effect. I would just kind of hold hand traps like maybe if you have a gamma or something along those lines I would probably hold it for the Gilgamesh yeah okay so I just got curious and I went and looked up the DDD cards I don't know specifically what cards that they actually use 
but the most expensive DDD card is Go DDD Divine Zero King Rage, which is like 20 bucks. Yeah, it's really not a super expensive deck. And it's an ArcV promo card. And then the other, another one is another ArcV promo, which is DDD Destiny King Zero Laplace, who's like 16. And then the next up is DDD Flame King Genghis from down there is like 10 bucks and below. Yeah, I mean, you can... That's just for in-archetype stuff. Yeah, but almost the entire deck is in-archetype because it's such a heavy combo deck. Think about other decks that are combo heavy and to where almost the entire main deck, you're not even running like a lot of hand traps because it's just combo, like like yeah. Adagnisters. Yeah. They're what? so packed with their combo pieces that they don't have a ton of room for hand traps, which yeah. I guess Adagnister does, but uh, um, you get what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the DDD Duo Dawn King Kali Yuga, by the way, is if you don't get the Starfoil, it's like four bucks for the expensive one. What about Gilgamesh? Gilgamesh, Gilgamesh. I just looked that up. Yeah. Uh, I think Gilgamesh is, they worth like 10. They might be closer to like yeah, 8 D-D-D. now. Abyss King Gilgamesh, $3. Yeah. And the only reason that those promos are so expensive is because... They were promos and printed once. Yeah, and they're not used at all. Yeah. So... Yeah. You can probably build the whole deck for like 80 bucks. Uh, Probably closer to 100. Even so. Regardless. Okay, because you'll have to get the Crystal Wing. Which is cheap. Yeah. Because um, it's been reprinted recently. Yeah, and then you still have to get the Zeus, which is about $20. Yeah, but even so, that's... Even so, you could probably build the entire deck for 20 bucks. For 20 bucks, $100. Yeah, for sure. Um, so I think that DDD is a good deck. I think it's got a lot of potential. Um, moving on from there, what is one deck that you think is, you know, really underestimated right now and could really take your cake at a, uh, at a, at an event? Speaking of cake, <laughs> I knew. Okay. So I did that unintentionally, but I knew this yeah. is where you're going. Um, okay. So the thing about Medulce is there, it's not the deck to play right now, just due to Scythe being so prominent and, if and if they just and then Pample wants in their hand one hand trap just ends their cold it just ends their turn and when I mean one hand trap I mean just a, a well placed Ash can end their turn or Imperm Ash or Imperm, Effect Veiler Effect Veiler Gamma there's a lot of things that I can just end their turn if placed correctly yeah depending upon what's in their hand um however if they do go uninterrupted they will 100% OTK you they do not care about your stuff being untargetable. They don't care about your stuff not being able to be destroyed by battle or card effect. They don't care because they'll just Queen Tara it back to the deck. I'm just going to say Madolce is a hilariously competent deck. It's oh, yeah. another one, though, that's kind of locked behind. Like, they can't run just an absolute boatload of hand traps most of the time yeah. because of, one, the way the deck works, and two, how xenophobic the deck is. Yes. Uh, okay, so... So the only thing that actively Xenolocks you is actually Petting Cessor, and that's if her effective special Medulce from the deck resolves, you're locked into only special summoning Medulce for the rest of the turn. And then you're also locked into Xyz monsters. It's... Oh, no, no, you're not locked into Xyz monsters. You're locked into Medulce's, because you can still link summon into uh, Medulce Fresh Sistart. But... The rest of the deck also revolves around you not having monsters in your grave. Which hand traps put themselves in grave, except for like exactly gamma. Right. And even then, your opponent might, if your opponent knows what you're playing, they'll attack over the uh, gamma. Yeah. And putting it in grave. 
But one of the really most threatening things about this deck is if it goes second, the deck can run Gamma and D Shifter. Mm hmm. So. It can even. Well, the, the, like, here's the messed up part, though. If it's going first and opens D Shifter, it can make it can make its board. And then D Shifter you at the end. And then D Shifter you at the end because they can empty out their graveyard uh, using uh, t uh, Glass of Flay. Right. So. so the fact that they can put out a board and then gamma, not gamma, D shifter, D shifter, you is kind of ridiculous. Yeah, for sure. Um, I think that, I think that the ability to run D shifter is maybe the most threatening thing about this deck from a playing against it standpoint. Um, obviously, if you have your board set up, then <coughs> they can play into the board. I'm not gonna say they can't, but and now with things like um the small world small world's been a really cool innovation for this deck it can really take advantage of it really well oh i know Be uh, because of all the medulches being earth but different typings earth but completely different typings the only only two of the medulches even have similar stats and that's uh they run that's magellan and uh petting Cessor both having 1400 attack yeah but one's a spell cast the other one's a fairy but they're both earth um, but you can pretty much jump around from one to the other, get what you need, and then use hand traps as middle ground as well. Exactly. Or even, or even exchange one hand trap for another. Right. Like, like I could exchange a panker tops for literally any medulce in the deck using, uh, using something like effect veiler as the middle. Right. Um, well, using effect veiler as the beginning, I can use panker tops to go into literally any medulce that I need. Uh, like I said, exchange one hand trap for another. It, it gets ridiculous because yeah. all because like uh, two of them are fairies, so that gives you access to uh, using uh, Herald of Orange Light as a middle, or even an end piece to grab the Herald to search the Herald off of it. Right, it's ridiculous. So, <laughs> oh bless you, bless me. Ooh. Um, I think that <clears throat> I think that having the Having the ability to OTK is really good for Medulce because realistically the deck doesn't end on a super imposing end board. But no. if you end up playing against this in an event, I would say if they start with a pudding cess, I mean not a pudding cess, if they start with a petting cessur or a Magellan or a, don't tell me what the other one is, I'm picturing it in my head. Um, Okay, I forgot it. Well, what's the other one? There's Petting Sessor, there's Magellan, and what's the other starter? Oh, Angeli. Angeli. If they start with any of those three, then it's honestly pretty safe to just Ash right there or whatever. But just understand that there is a chance that they extend anyway and you just get wrecked. Yeah, yeah. Like, especially if they have the Salon in hand, because then they'll normal summon the Magellan. Attempt effect, Ash. Okay, cool. Activate Salon, normal summon another Magellan. Yeah. Or just special summon Petting Sessor out of hand. Just. Be aware, sometimes you need two hand traps to stop the deck, but a lot of times the best place to hand trap is just early and often. Yeah. Otherwise, um, wait till they get to the very end of their combo and just nip. Yeah, because normally, because they don't, because they, they really can't put out a negate to stop Nibiru. Right. At so. any point, because they're locked into Medulce's, and the only Medulce card that's a negate is the trap card promenade and it's a targeting on field trap uh negate not right. just negate chain negate something yeah so after that let's move on to a little bit different of a deck 
let's talk about something that really is near and dear to my heart. Let's talk about Tri Brigade. Okay. Um, Tri Brigade is a little bit different than what most people are used to. It can come in a couple of different forms. Obviously, there is a um, there is the Zodiac version, which is still a thing. Uh, we just saw there that there was a Zodiac Tri Brigade feature match on the Remote Dual YCS. But I think that the the thing that a lot of people need to understand is now the deck does a lot more going into DPE. So the line of the deck before was to go um, from a, let's see, how do you say this? So like, just let's just say you have two, two tri brigade names in hand, right? Let's say you have like Fractal and another. You like activate Fractal, go send uh, Nerval, grab Kit, activate Kara, send Kit, activate Kit to send another. So you have four names in Grave and you have Karis on field. So you'd activate Karis for two, summon, or you can even normal summon Karis right here, realistically, or whatever you need to do. So you put Karis on field, then Karis for Fergit, Fergit for another. One rescue cat is full combo too. So like normal summon rescue cat, yeah. activate effect, get kick Karis, link two for um, Fergit, activate kit engrave, send Nerval, activate Nerval, get a name, can be any of them. Uh, activate Fergit to summon the one that you sent, to, or the one that you grabbed off Nerval, and summon it to, and then activate it for two to summon Bear Brum. Now here, what it used to do was go right here into a Link for Appaloosa, uh, three material Appaloosa, and then activate Bear Brum to search Revolt. But what it's doing now is, and keep in mind, this is all off one card, is like one rescue cat is all this. You can link the Fergit and the, and the other name that you summoned off the Fergit into a Verte Anaconda, activate Anaconda, send Fusion Destiny, summon DPE, and then use DPE to pop itself and Bear Brum, and then that's how you get the Revolt, and you set Revolt. So then you're set up with DPE and Revolt, which in some cases can be like almost as oppressive as Appaloosa Revolt. It just depends on what deck you're playing against. Oh yeah, because that Revolt gives you a guaranteed ban non-targeting banish yes. on top of the DPE pop. Right, which is a non-targeting pop. So, being able to remove a couple of things from your opponent's field sometimes is just where it's at. Plus, when the deck's running 10 or 12 hand traps on top, you're looking at, you still have like three cards in hand with the DPE and the Revolt set and a Vertail field, and you still have three in hand. That can be anything. So, I'd say if they summon Rescue Cat, you need to hit the Rescue Cat with a hand trap. And otherwise, if you can do something like a Gamma on the Fergie, that'll just end their turn. Um, I think Gamma is one of the best hand traps right now, just because removing things from your opponent's board is so critical. Um, but otherwise, you're going to have to deal with DPE, which is rough. So, oh, yeah, to say the least. Yeah. So other than Rescue Cat, I would say Fergeet is really the big choke point here. A lot of people like to Ash on the Nerval. I really think that if it comes down to it and your opponent just activates Fractal in hand, you just kind of have to Ash the Fractal. You can't let them get to Nerval because if they do Fractal into Nerval, 
then they can just normal summon another one and go for two and just keep going. Yeah. So if you wait till Nerval, sure, I guess it could work. But you just, if you ash the Fractal instead, it puts them on one name in Grave. And gotta have it. Yeah. So it's like, so, you, so they have to have like Foolish Bear or something. Because then even if they normal summon, they still can activate the effects if they don't run any Link 1s. They can summon. Except for Almirage, but... Almirage is specifically for linking off uh, Nerval or Kit. Kit. Yeah, so if they already have something like Nerval or Kit and they want to burn their normal summon to keep going, that's great. But then they also have to have the Karras in hand. Yeah. So it's like, eh, you know. Yeah, it's the, Ashing Fractal puts them in the worst possible position with the minimum amount. Of right. <clears throat> Other than that, though, if you're looking for an Imperm or Veiler, um, if you can Imperm or Veiler the uh, the Fergie, it's really good. Or... Uh, whatever they normal summon when they go to activate an effect on field. I think it's really tempting to activate uh, an imperm or something on their actual summon on field. But if you can, if they're on just Fergie on field, then that's pretty brutal too. Oh yeah. Uh, uh, oh yeah. But then, you know, and then of course they all, you know, and then of course another option is that if you only have the imperm or, or veiler or whatever, just let them go ahead and resolve and then if they then if they don't search Karis and they just normal summon a name that isn't Karis, right? Your best bet is, if that's all you have in your hand, that's your best bet is right there. Yeah. On effect activation, because they banish two and then, boom. Right. So, the next one to talk about is I'll let you choose. Do uh, you have a particular deck that you want to talk about? Uh, probably Bee Trooper, I think. Yeah, it's, it's definitely one of those decks where if you underestimate it, you're probably going to get smacked. Yeah, Beat Trooper is a surprisingly competent deck. A lot of people said that, ah, the new support was terrible, so, you know, it's not worth playing. But turns out DPE is just as strong as ever. Oh, yeah. It's another deck that's really, really dependent on DPE to be super impactful. But at the end of the day... DPE is super impactful. DPE is a heck of a card. Right. And if they're not ending on DPE, if you like, like say you stop the Verte, they can still end on a 3000 towers as well as uh, one negate off of the Cicada King. Yeah. But the, not only the 3000 towers on their turn, they can turn into a 5k beat stick. Right. So it's, that's an interesting deck that I think a lot of people underestimate, but at the same time, it's not as powerful as other things in the meta. So no, I don't think they can put up put up a negate before you can nib them. No, they and then that nib just ends their career. Yeah, it's rough. Um, so right now I'm gonna go ahead and ask before we go any further, I'm gonna ask any viewers if they have any questions that they want to see answered. Now's the time to ask. And we will go ahead and uh, answer those here in just a moment. But I also want to talk about, I just want to mention a couple of decks that you should definitely know what they do and understand how they play. And in the meantime, I think that we should go ahead and mention Sky Striker. Ah, oh, yeah, Sky Striker. Yeah, Sky Striker is 
obviously the spell-based deck that we all know and love, but it's also, again, DPE heavy. A lot of people are playing Sky Striker now that Imperial Order is banned, but <clears throat> it's still not quite as prevalent as I guess as I think many people were expecting it to be. Oh yeah. So um, Sky Striker, be on the lookout for Engage. Engage is, as always, a very good Yu-Gi-Oh card. Um, and, That's an understatement. <laughs> yeah. In addition to the Engage, you also should be on the lookout for. Um, I think that most of their time, their end board is like, um, like if they go first, they're on like Shizuku and a couple of back row. And I find that blowout cards work really well here. Things like Twin Twister, things like Lightning Storm, things like even they are really good. So with it being kind of a control based advantage deck, any opportunity that you can get to any opportunity that you can get to um, get smart two for ones or even a three for one with blowout cards, mm -hmm. you should probably take the opportunity to try and do that. So, or even smart one for ones. So, oh yeah. And I think that's really how you counter Sky Striker is just trying to get ahead of them in advantage and then kill them before they get the chance to really out advantage you. Oh yeah. That, so, oh yeah, they can. Trust me, it's it, it doesn't take a lot for them to start just out advantaging you. Doesn't yeah, take a because lot. once they get the engage and the Kagari, Kagaris going and in rotation, they can just keep using Kagari to recycle engage, and then before you know it, they're they've got five cards in hand, three cards set. They've still got their monster field, and they're climbing into an access code dogger to kill you. Yep. So with plenty of pop material and grave. Right. 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 Trust me, I know. I've had I've had a board just uh, get Dark Lord no more, and then they made the Axis Code and just popped my entire board of like four monsters and in a back right. row. Yeah, I mean, with realistically, all their monsters are all their link monsters are different attributes, so they can keep kind of kind of just keep going and going. Um, so the next deck to talk about real quick is Eldritch. You need to be prepared for Eldritch. Eldritch does have a a bit more meta representation than some other decks that we've talked about here. But with Skill Drain being at three, it's always going to be a constant threat. Floodgate.deck. Right. So I would continue to play back row removal. Um, at, I would probably try to side at least like four or five pieces of back row removal. Yeah. So um, also be sure to look out for live twins. Live twins, I think, are a really underestimated deck right now. Uh, with hand traps being so prevalent in the format, and hand traps being so good right now, that makes live twins a lot better. Live twins are basically ghost girls and friends, the deck. And with everything just being one card starters and just being able to just link one and keep going, that makes the deck really, really um, ridiculous. Right. Yeah. Uh, I've actually, I've actually dueled against the deck a couple of times. Um, if you, if you have two hand traps, um, in my in my circumstances, I had the exact hand traps you want in like Skullmeister or Ghost Bell. Right. You you can at least stop their push into making Sunny Snitch, which is three K and a pop. Thirty three hundred. Thirty three hundred and a pop. Thank you. Um, but outside of that, they kind of don't care. Right. Right. Oh no! You stop my search. Okay. Cool. Make this link, make it again, attempt to search again. Yeah, it's kind of crazy. 
Um, but yeah, that'll do it for that. Uh, let's take a little, a couple of viewer questions. So, um, what is the bare minimum amount of interactions do you think a deck has to chew through to be competitive? This is interesting because oh, yeah. I think you'll get a lot of different answers from a lot of different people. But I think, wait, let, let me hear what you think first. I'm, I'm interested to hear what you think. I'm about thinking. This. I'm thinking if you can. I'm thinking if you can just play through two. Oh, you're on easy street. Two, two is the exact number I was thinking of because, yeah. really, when you think about, like, if I'm going, if I'm going first, I think I need to be able to put up at least one or two interruptions through whatever my opponent has, and I think probably two. Right. I, I think I want to put up a couple of interruptions because I want to, and I want to be able to put those interruptions up through a couple of my opponents. Yeah. So I don't think a lot of people realize how much back and forth there actually is in the game these days because everybody just says, oh, well, you just end on a board of 12 interruptions. I don't think that that's as true as many people believe. Sure, you have your decks that can play seven negates, but a lot of times those decks suffer from the, from the same fatal flaws as a lot of times one or even two hand traps shut them down. Mm -hmm. So... That's why you see a lot of the better decks right now are more mid-rangey decks that can really go on more of a, uh, well, I'll only put up one or two interruptions, and if you break my board next turn, I'll just do it again. Yeah. So, um, when you have a deck that can put up maybe a little bit smaller board through a lot more impactful cards versus a deck that can put up a crazy board, but those cards are more impactful... That's how I think you end up with more mid-rangey decks really being competitive. Yeah. Um, a great example of that, actually, uh, of being able to make a board even through interrupts is actually uh, Phantom Knights. Because, and this is without the Brave Engine. Uh, because they're doing their thing and you nib them. Depending upon what they have in their hand and what packages they're playing in their deck, they can then just kind of shrug, make DP, and pass. Right. Yeah. And that's without hard drawing the Fusion Destiny. Yeah, and you can see a similar thing in decks like Tri Brigade, B Trooper. B Trooper is the king of extenders. Yeah, yeah. So, but oh, yeah. keep in mind that a deck can have a million extenders. It still needs to have a bit of a payoff at the end. Yeah, yeah. And don't get me wrong, like a DP by itself is a payoff. It, yeah, it isn't like the best, but it is something that your opponent's got to sit there and figure out how to how to out. Right. Because if they don't, it's just going to keep giving you free turns. Yeah. Um. Here's another one. I've been too lazy due to my own homework, but what specifically are good interruptions against the Brave Engine? So, Ghost Ogre. Yeah, Ghost Ogre is like the best card in the game against the Brave Engine. Uh, Because when they activate Griffin Rider, you Ghost Ogre it, it gets popped. And, and it can't shuffle itself back into the deck. Which means they can't research it, and it doesn't get the bounce. Yeah. Or the negate. It's right. A negate. So, Griffin Rider specifically has to shuffle itself back from field into the deck to have the to for the negate to resolve yeah so if you ghost ogre the griffin rider on activation and pop it it the negate won't actually resolve yeah well yeah now for those of you thinking oh, other cards um anything that bounces or pops uh, at quick play level will stop that i think that something else you can do is whenever they activate the continuous spell on field which i believe is fateful adventure i think because i think right of aramisia summons a token and activates fateful adventure from the deck yeah. and then when they activate fateful adventure 
you can or fateful adventure so right of aramesia would summon the token or would oh my goodness i'm getting it all mixed up <laughs> right of aramesia would get the activate the fateful adventure from the deck and i think fateful adventure summons a token and searches one but because it's a continuous spell if you ghost ochre the fateful adventure when it attempts to summon token then you can um you can ghost over that and pop that and it won't resolve yeah uh not only can you ghost over that if you're going if you have it in hand if you're going second and you set it before you can also hit him with twin twister cosmic cyclone anything like that yeah any any quick play pop that you can where you can pop solar trap because it's continuous if it pops although i now that i think about it, i think right of aramesia summons a token and activates the the fateful adventure and yeah. fateful adventure when you summon a monster when you summon a monster summon to your side of the field then it searches the, the draco back that's what it is yeah uh, but even the, so, being the continuous spell, you can yeah. still yeah, yeah. hit it with it, Ghost Ogre. Yeah, it, it's, got, it's got the big weakness of being continuous spell card. So if you pop it in response to them activating its effect, its effect will not resolve. Because it has to be faced on the field in order to activate and resolve its effect. Right, right, right. Um, so, quick play back row hate. <laughs> uh, what, in your opinion, is worth playing that doesn't require the Brave Engine at a regionals level? I'm currently playing uh, the PK tur PK Turbo, which is still running DP, yes. But I'm not playing the Brave Token package because I don't have $300 to drop on this package. Fair. Um, it's a more explosive build of PK where I can put out... Where, where it's a lot harder to stop, but I don't have the token package to protect it. Right. It, it, it's both easier and harder to stop. Yeah, I think that... You can still play PK without the Brave Engine, although I'm I'm just going to say I think it's better with the Brave Engine. Oh, it's much better with the Brave Engine. Yeah. Um, I also think that you can play Pure Sword Sultani. You don't have to play the Brave Pile version, but uh, that doesn't make... I mean, Sword Sultani, Sword Sultani with a Hauke Fibrax is not really much cheaper than the Brave Package. So... Yeah. Um, also, you can look at... Um, I mean, really, any of the other decks we listed. Eldritch oh, yeah. can play without the Brave Engine. Uh, B Trooper, Tri Brigade. Mm -hmm. I mean, Tri Brigade's still very good without the Brave Engine. Tri Brigade's cheap. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Like, I think the most expensive card in the entire deck is Access Code Talker. Yes, which are about 40 bucks. Yeah. And even then, you don't need it because I played it without one. Right. But I, to be fair, I was also playing the uh, Lyralesque variant. <clears throat> yeah, but still. Still. You don't need the access code, but it helps. Yeah, it, it, it helps. It helps you get that. Give gives you that little extra push that, that some people that you would need for game. Yeah. Um. <clears throat> so let's go ahead and do the podcast question of the day. Podcast question of the day, which was this the last one? Uh, would you consider yourself a more casual player or a more competitive player? Um. We got a, a lot of replies to this one. Uh, casually competitive. I enjoy the competition, but I am not at the same level as serious competitive players. I think that's something that an enormous amount of people can relate to. Um, there's so many people that just like they play on a competitive level or, or they play like a casual deck on a competitive level, things like that. But I I have a theory. So just go ahead and finish that off and I'll tell you my, what my theory is on this. Okay. Um, waifu decks for life. Fair enough. Um, definitely competitive. I play the game casually with a lot of fun decks, but my main focus is the competitive scene. That's really fair. 
Definitely casual. I used to be a competitive player, but over the years I stopped going to locals to play in tourneys, and now I just go with my friend and play each other with the six Dodger decks we have. Um, I'm weirdly kind of both. I look at deck building from a competitive standpoint, but I only find fun playing bad anime decks and archetypes, F or finding ways to do really awful things with good archetypes. I mean, also fair. Totally competitive at heart. I started playing a Joey Wheeler deck, but I fully committed to competitive play. Uh, I find myself trying to make casual decks competitive. I see a lot of people do that. Uh, competitive, not to the levels of my contemporaries, but competitive enough to keep <coughs> up with the format and trends. I try my best to be an optimal deck builder and try to lab out combos, but it's hard when you're working all the time. Oh my goodness, truth. A uh, bit of a mid-range player, not casual enough to enjoy janky decks like before, but not competitive enough to go to locals and regionals every day and play. I mean, I, I that hits hard. That hits hard. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a lot of that. A lot of people that you know, a little bit of this, a little bit of that. You know. Yeah. Um, so my theory on the whole thing is I think it's kind of a bell curve where pe where most people will find themselves kind of in the middle, but then they'll yeah. each have their own differing reasons and explanations as to why they're in the middle. And then, of course, you have fewer people who are just like, oh, I, I'm I'm only competitive or I'm only uh, casual. Right. Table, kitchen table Yu-Gi-Oh, basically. Right, right. Um, and today's podcast question of the day is, what is one anime strategy that you would like to see brought into the TCG that hasn't been yet? So. Ooh, that's a good one. Yeah, yeah. You like that? You like that? I just came up with that literally just now. So <laughs> we need to have these planned out better next time. Yeah. yeah. Hey, it's better than the one I had. Yeah. I didn't have one at all. So anything is better than what I had. There you <laughs> go. So that'll do it for today's episode of the Top Cut Yu-Gi-Oh! Podcast. Thank you all so, so, so much for listening and coming in and checking out the live stream and things like that. Um, be on the lookout. There might be some Twitch live streams coming soon. It might not be podcast but it might be other content from us so yeah. be on the lookout for that um in the meantime be sure to join our discord if you haven't already uh we do like i said we're trying to get our discord numbers up 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 as much as possible and thank you all so much for joining thank you for listening be sure to check out our check, check out our twitter page uh at top cut podcast on twitter and be sure to check out our Patreon if you are so inclined to do that. And if you want to support the podcast at no extra cost to you at all, just click on our TCG Player affiliate link before you shop on TCG Player. You can find that down below. And check out our sponsor, ETB Games in Alexandria, Louisiana. Super cool dudes. Absolutely. Check out Team Dark Arm Dealings. Their link is in the description down below. And check out our earlier episodes from... Uh, the last few weeks we have some we've had some cool guests on and be sure to check out the next four or five episodes we are gonna have one of the coolest little strings of guests on the podcast that we've ever had oh it's gonna be great yeah so no spoilers but we have we have some enormous guests lined out so be sure to come in check that out and in the meantime have a great day everyone take care everyone 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.